Welcome to Lighting Your Way, a podcast featuring exciting, hilarious, heartbreaking, terrifying, and joyful stories of real nurse advocates helping real patients get the best health care. Hi, I'm Nurse Betty Long. Each week, I and one of my nurse colleagues at Guardian Nurses will take you behind the curtain to help you better navigate the healthcare system when you or a loved one is sick or injured. Today, we are joined by Stephanie Wimmer, a relatively new member of our Guardian Nurses team who has been our float nurse for the last six months. If you're a baseball fan, you'll understand the term utility player. A utility player is someone who can step in at a moment's notice and play several positions well. Steph is our utility player. Steph's role as a float nurse is to cover a different mobile care coordinator program whenever it's needed. Most recently, she has been covering a program whose nurse is recovering from surgery. And she hit the ground running, as you'll hear in this story, about the importance of being prepared, and we're not just talking about enough clothes, prior to taking a trip away from home. Stephanie Wimmer, welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast, and welcome to Guardian Nurses. Boy, you have had quite the week. I bet you will be glad when Jen comes back. You have no idea. Thanks, <laughs> Betty. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and we are happy to have you here, not just as a guest, but also uh, on our team. So, Steph, we have had our share of travel stories, but I do think yours is unique for a number of reasons. Uh, and like a true utility player, you have easily pivoted uh, when I asked you this week to share your story uh, on the podcast. Happy to contribute, Coach. <laughs> you sound like Tim Robbins' character uh, in the movie Bull Durham. Uh, I, when I remember when he's being prepped for his media interview by Kevin Costner's character. <laughs> Isn't that where he said, I'm just happy to help the team? Yes, in various ways. Yes, good memory. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, anyway, I digress. I apologize. So I know there is a lot to your story. Uh, so let's get started. I think the timing of your story is perfect as we just celebrated Memorial Day, the unofficial start of summer in the United States. And in the next few months, lots of families will be packing up their cars and campers, taking off on airplanes, boarding buses and trains, or maybe even jumping on their bicycles to head on their summer vacations. Yes, and I hope this story helps them prepare a little better for that vacation. Well, knowing, uh, knowing it as I've heard, uh, I have no doubt that it will. Um, I appreciate that all of the stories we tell on each episode of the podcast is intended really to educate and empower our listeners to be better healthcare consumers. So if we can prevent someone from having a vacation crisis, we have done our job. After all, the podcast is called Lighting Your Way. I thought that was in homage to Florence Nightingale. <laughs> yes, it is. You get extra credit <laughs> for knowing that. Um, <laughs> before I ask you to start your story, uh, Steph, tell me uh, what led you to Widener University in 1995 to study nursing? I always knew I wanted to be a nurse. Um, science was always my favorite subject in school and health and helping others was always important to me. And I had a few family members back in high school that some had some medical issues and watching those nurses in action, there was really no other option for me. I knew I wanted to go into nursing. Oh, good for you. Yeah, now I, I asked Jeanette Meredith this, but let me uh, ask you too. After 25 years, uh, what motivates you every day 
to do your job as a nurse advocate? I really enjoy helping people understand the healthcare system. It has just been amazing to hear how appreciative people are when I do something as simple as just getting them an appointment. And then I'm also amazed at how I've been able to connect with these members. I mean, I find myself thinking about them after hours on the weekends, wondering how their appointments went, and especially the members of this case we're going to be talking about. Yeah, they kind of get in your head, right? You, you know, you, you care exactly. so much that you, you want to make sure that they're okay. Um, exactly. So, okay, so, so let's uh, start your story. Start your, give it, a, give it a roll. Okay, so it was late Friday afternoon when I got a call about a husband and wife who were in a terrible motorcycle accident in Tennessee. I was told they had been thrown off their bike and the bike landed on top of them. Ouch. Oh, I remember when you got that call. Right. It's it's so uncanny that Fridays at 4 p.m., maybe 3 p.m. is the bewitching hour at Guardian Nurses, maybe on <laughs> too. Uh, but when this call came in, I remember it was like all hands on deck. Um, we all knew that you had just taken responsibility for the program on Tuesday, and here it was Friday having to deal with this case. Um, trial by fire, I guess, right? <laughs> Funny you should say that. So what I knew after this call that there were other union members riding fortunately with them and pulled them both out of a ravine and began what they call in the field care. Oh, um, what is, can you explain what in the field care is? Sure. My understanding is that after pulling them out of their ravine, they stabilized them until emergency rescue arrived. Wow. This uh, couple was lucky to be traveling with, with friends, right, to, to have them behind them. Yes, and that is not the only luck they had that day. They both sustained very serious and life-threatening injuries, as you would imagine, with a touring motorcycle landing on you. Oh, yeah. But they were taken by ambulance to a level one trauma center at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, which was able to provide the appropriate level of care for their injuries. Wow. Um, Steph, t talk a little bit about why a level one trauma center was so important uh, to, in this case. Okay. So trauma centers provide immediate definitive care to people with severe injuries. Some parts of the United States acknowledge three levels of trauma centers, while others acknowledge five levels. Whether you have three or five levels, level one is the highest designation and is for the most serious injuries, where trauma is often large and requires a fast response time, as in my patient's case. Yeah, and their luck was with them for sure, right? Correct. Trauma center designation is a process outlined and developed at a state or local level. The state or local municipality identifies unique criteria in which to categorize trauma centers, and these categories may vary from state to state. But in a level one center, there needs to be 24-hour in-house coverage by general surgeons and prompt availability of care and specialties such as orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, anesthesiology, emergency medicine, radiology, internal medicine, plastic surgery, oral and maxillofacial, pediatric and critical care, wow. plus radiology, blood bank, and lab services need to be available. So think about it. In an emergency situation at a level one trauma center, you need to have everything available. Yeah. And most hospitals can't afford to offer those resources 24-7, especially if they're not getting the volume of cases to help them pay for it. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's, that's a lot of uh, resources, right? But you need it if you're yeah. going to have a, a trauma. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and in Tennessee, just out of curiosity, how many level one trauma centers are there? 
just five in Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, and Johnson City. Oh. As a comparison, in Pennsylvania, there are 41. Oh. New York State has 23, but 13 of those are in New York City. Wow. And California has 81. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So lucky, right, for them that the accident occurred near a level one trauma center. Uh, in Absolutely. I mean, now we have helicopters to quickly transport patients to a level one center, but in trauma, every second counts. So the less time spent getting to the hospital, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Should I should I assume um, that they both needed surgeries upon arrival? That's correct. Both the husband and his wife had multiple surgeries in that first week. His injuries were not as severe as hers, but think about it. They had a tragic accident, but within the hour, they were in the best hands they could be in. Yeah. Uh, and, and during this time, Steph, so you got the initial call on Friday. There are more calls coming in over the weekend. And then you come back on Monday and things start all over again. So how were you helping these patients, right? What were you doing in Philly that was helping the situation in Tennessee? So after the initial call on Friday afternoon, letting me know, the next two days, Saturday and Sunday, there were a lot of calls with our on-call team. And the initial reaction of this couple's family and friends was to get them home. But as hard as it was helping them being so far away, we just had to reassure everyone that they were in a great trauma center and that the priority right now was to get them stable medically. Mm. So the initial plan was just getting the contact numbers of those who were with them, getting HIPAA form signed so that it could communicate with their clinical team at the trauma center, making sure folks back in Philly knew what was going on so they could feel less anxious, Mm. and then just getting a good clinical picture of both members. Yeah, great. That's great work. And again, so so glad this couple ended up in a level one trauma center and uh, were able to be treated by experts. Um, I want to shift a little bit and talk uh, a little bit about travel insurance. I think I was one of the people who thought the travel insurance mostly covered trip cancellations and, and things like that. But But you were telling me that that's not the case. Yeah, I was under that same impression, Betty. But after supporting this case, I was curious, so I did some research. And most travel insurance plans do cover trip cancellations, trip interruptions or delays, but they also cover medical emergencies, medical evacuation, and lost, damage, or stolen luggage. And of course, depending on how much you spend and what type of plane you buy and when you buy it, travel insurance can also cover rental car damage and pre-existing conditions. Yeah. So, right. So always read the fine print. If it's it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, I understand the trip cancellation feature, but what does um, travel health insurance cover? Most travel insurance will pay doctor and hospital expenses up to the benefit limit when you face a medical emergency when traveling. However, and this is important, you need to pay close attention to whether your travel medical insurance is primary or secondary and how it covers pre-existing conditions. Yeah, the old primary or secondary. Um, Explain uh, primary or secondary for our listeners, would you, Steph? Sure. Sometimes travel medical insurance pays secondary. That means all the travel medical bills first go to your health insurance for payment. They'll apply deductibles, co-pays, and maximums and pay what is covered by your health insurance plan, then your travel insurance will pay what's left up to the benefit limit. 
However, if your travel health insurance is primary, it will be the first policy to pay your travel emergency medical bills. And then I also want to mention that for those people on Medicare, it's important to know that your Medicare coverage does not cover you outside the United States. Oh, okay. So purchasing a travel protection plan, whether it's primary or secondary, is a very good idea. Wow, that's good advice, Steph, especially about the Medicare coverage. Um, yeah. I also heard you mention pre-existing conditions, which is a kind of a sore subject, but uh, can you explain how those impact travel insurance? Sure. Lots of people have medical conditions, which they've had for years, that would be considered a pre-existing condition. Many travel health plans have rules around how they cover pre-existing conditions, mm. starting with how they define pre-existing. Plans often have a look-back period, meaning the plan will look back at your medical history to see if the condition appeared during a period that could range from 90 days to one year, depending on the policy. Oh, boy. Yeah, got it. Right. So, again, let the buyer beware. Uh, before you purchase a plan, make sure you know what you're paying for. Good advice for most things, right? Um, did these patients have travel insurance? No, they didn't. But they did have very good health insurance, which will cover all of their medical expenses. Wow. That's wonderful. Not a lot of folks uh, are in that position. Uh, good for them, because I bet that that with uh, all the care they did need, I'm, I'm guessing the bill will be rather high. Yes, absolutely. The medical bills will be covered, but transport home to Philadelphia will not be. The plan to get the husband home was to rent a 40-foot RV, which the cost was not covered. So that ran them about $3,000. And as for the wife, who was still in the hospital because her injuries were more severe, it's still unclear how she'll get home. Wow. So she wouldn't be able to travel home by car, you expect? I don't think so. Given the extent and nature of her injuries, her return could be by air transport at the cost of about seven to $9,000, oh. which, again, would not be covered by their health insurance plan. Or she could come back via a specialized ground transportation company at the cost of around 5000 Wow. That's a lot of cash. <laughs> it and is. Quite, a, but... quite an expensive ride. Right, but they have a great support system, and they have been fundraising to cover these costs. That's fantastic. Um, So what's next for this family, Steph? Well, this is going to be a long road back for them for sure. So once they're back home, they will have a lot of rehabilitation to do. There may even be additional surgeries needed. It's not even entirely clear yet. It's still so early. So early on, my job was to support them and their family through the initial trauma and hospitalization. But once they're back home, my job will be to coordinate all of their follow-up care with multiple specialists. So I'm I'm guessing ortho, you know, orthopedics, who else would be involved? Definitely ortho trauma, but also neurology, oral maxillofacial surgery, home care, which will be providing speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and mental health. Um, I'll also be involved in helping the couple's children as their youngest has not yet seen dad because of his facial injuries. Mm. Think of a discharge from a hospital after a simple surgery. There are discharge instructions that need to be followed. Just as an example, the husband was sent home on a liquid diet, but there were no instructions as to when he could advance his diet, So, you know, I'll be the point person for the follow-up care to make sure everything is addressed. 
Oh, I know about bad discharges. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Andy Votendahl told us a great story about a discharge gone bad. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that you're involved in this case. Me too, Betty. I just I can't imagine dealing with all of the stuff they have going on on their own. Well, that's why guardian nurses exist, to light the way through the healthcare system. This has been a great conversation, Steph. Thank you. It certainly makes me want to stay off of a motorcycle, I'll tell you that. Um, so given your story and all that you've shared and know, uh, what one piece of advice would you offer uh, for our listeners? Well, this was a complex case, and it still is. But I think that preparation for your vacation, especially if you are traveling to another state or to another country, is well worth it. So that's my one piece of advice. But I want to offer more detailed suggestions. Is that okay? Oh, why, it's perfect. Absolutely. The floor is yours. Take it away. Okay. Here are my suggestions. Number one, consider looking into travel insurance. Mm -hmm. Number two, let people know where you are going. Give them an itinerary. Right. Number three, take your medical information, like insurance information, medications, doctors, any current diagnosis, even if it's on a little piece of paper in your wallet. Number four, keep your ID on you. In my patient's case, their cell phones were smashed, their wallets landed in water, oh. and it had not been for their friends who were traveling with them telling the emergency response folks who they were, they would have been John Doe's when they arrived to the hospital, and that would have created a whole different set of challenges. Right. Number five, let your loved ones know what your wishes are. That means completing an advanced directive. Right. Number six, if you have children or pets, always identify a caretaker for them should something happen to you while you're away. Right. And number seven, if you do need medical care when you are away from home, Always get copies of records and discs for follow-up care when you return home. And number eight, if you do plan on riding a motorcycle or even a bicycle, please wear a good helmet. These patients' injuries would have been much, much worse had they not been wearing their helmets. Great. Steph, those are all excellent suggestions, Nurse Wimmer. Very good. Thank you. You have clearly thought this through thanks to this case, I imagine. Um, all right. So would you go over them again briefly? Sure. Number one, consider buying travel insurance. Number two, share your trip itinerary with someone. Number three, take your medical information with you. Number four, keep your ID on you. Number five, make sure you've completed an advanced directive and communicated it to someone, your primary care provider, your best friend, your family. Yeah. Number six, identify a caretaker for children and pets. And number seven, if you do need medical care when you are away from home, always get copies of those records and discs for the follow-up care when you return home. Yep. And number eight, wear a good helmet if you're on two wheels. <laughs> good, good advice, Steph. Great. Uh, thank you. Okay, so this is our fun question for all of our guests. Uh, it's been over one year since the COVID-19 pandemic changed our world, but now that you have been vaccinated, what do you look forward to doing this summer? Please tell me you are not planning on taking a motorcycle trip with your husband. <laughs> no motorcycle trip for me. <laughs> but I am looking forward to celebrating again. Right. We have missed recognizing so many things like birthdays, weddings, proms, and graduations. 
I really can't wait to be able to safely celebrate as many milestones as I can. I think there's going to be a lot more parties in the next year. Uh, every, guest, every guest uh, wants to hug, wants to have a party, yeah, wants to travel, go to concerts. So it's great that our world is starting to come back open again. So, uh, Steph, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing this very compelling story. I do hope your patients continue their recovery. I know that they're in good hands with you coordinating their care. Uh, and I hope that the information that we shared today uh, will be helpful to our listeners. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Betty. I enjoyed it too. Yeah, thank you. Have a great week. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.